Hello everyone, welcome to you, me, them, everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby, broadcasting live from the Lion Hotel in beautiful Washington, D.C. And Adams Morgan, this is part of Full Service Radio. I'm sitting with a longtime friend of the show, friend of life. He's my co-host for the next few hours. It is hour six of our 10-hour marathon. His name is Haywood Turnipseed Jr. Hey. How are you? What if I always talk like that? <laughs> Would you like that? That would me? be more NPR. Yeah, I don't like that. Fuck that <laughs> That's NPRS. I am who I am. Uh, hey, what? How are you? How's I'm doing your, fine. How's your day going? Pretty good. Pretty what good. did you do today? Uh, we had a basketball game. You know, coach my kids' uh, basketball team, so we had our final basketball game for the season. Okay. We actually did uh, well today. The other team forfeit, so we won. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, they forfeited because they didn't have enough. They kids? didn't have enough players. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> sucks to be them, but then we, we and then we uh, scrimmage. But the kids really look good at scrimmage, so that's good. That's really cool. So we have a jamboree coming up. I believe it's uh, it will have to be next month. Um, with you know the full parks and rec, mm-hmm. so that'll be cool. So they hopefully they should be ready for that by then. You know when they don't go, don't go out early. So we did that today, and then I did uh, some uh, studying for this. <laughs> oh, good. So when he says studying for this, I sent him uh, and all the other co-hosts. Uh, like these are the guests. It might help if you looked up some basic things about them. I think you're the first to do that. <laughs> you're our fourth co-host and the first to do any research. So I appreciate. Well, that. I take you seriously. I and I take you seriously. <laughs> you're a good man, and you're a man with a family, and you yeah. seem to actually like your family and do a good job with them. Well. You nurture. You're, I care. You're a nurturing. <laughs> you're a nurturing person that cares, and so is our guest for this segment. She is a nurturing person that cares about the arts, and she does a very good job nurturing some uh, some musicians and some artists from all across the globe. Diana, is that true? That is true. Diana, how do I say your last names? Ezerins. Ezerins. It means Little Lake. Does it really? Yes, it does. Why are you Diana Little Lake? Right. Uh, I'm from my. Grandparents are from Latvia. I don't know. Oh, have you um, been to Latvia? My, I haven't gone yet, but I will. Uh, my cousins, their last name is Ozels, which means oak tree. So I think we're just all very natural. Oh. That's Europe, right? Uh, yeah, northern, eastern. Europe. Lakes and trees. Lakes and trees. Lakes Europe. and trees. That's cool. <laughs> my last name is Weatherby. My last name is Turnipseed. Yeah. <laughs> It's not lakes and trees, but hey, it's, no, close, it's, it's kind of. It's part of the yeah. family. I like that. Haywood means hedge forest. Is it really? Yeah. That's awesome. I think. See, look at this. Oh, sure. Mine, mine comes from a a book of names. (laughs) What, Brandon? Yeah. There's no like familiar (laughs) connection to Brandon. You have a B. B. I guess. That Weatherby name is is cool. It is great, but I have no connection to that either. (laughs) Never met my dad, so that doesn't really matter to me. Oh, and we start with the pain early. It's not no pain. (laughs) (laughs) No pain. No pain. Just reality. Just reality. I'm uh, I'm including I'm trying to share our messages on social media right now, so I apologize for not making 100 percent eye contact, just 50 percent eye contact. How often do you deal with artists that play the Millennium stage at the Kennedy Center and they don't make eye contact with you, or like or the staff? Uh, I think <laughs> eye contact is a pretty standard. You think thing. it's standard in the yeah. arts? Uh, yeah. Haywood. I think you need it. I mean, for my gig, you do. How many comics though don't make eye contact? Quite a few. Are those comics good? Yes. Okay. Who you, are, we pick a point. Just okay. put a look at somebody's forehead. Okay, but I mean, <laughs> I mean in conversation. Ooh, yeah. A lot That's of comics I mean. are awkward. Okay. So, are any of those people that are awkward in real life good on stage? Yeah. Okay. So there, it's yeah. not. It doesn't yeah. necessarily yeah. relate. Do you think that's true in music? Uh, I I think 
I think that people are awkward and there are people that are good on stage and I don't know how I've never been awkward so I cannot relate to these questions <laughs> uh, how long have you been at the Kennedy Center Dana? 14 years nice a long that's a time, long time. I do know. you like it? I love it yep I can't tell if you're being sarcastic it doesn't matter because I like you as a human being and I think you do like it I love it yeah it's it, do you feel like you are aging better because you can't listen to the same thing every day oh man yeah, sure. Cool. That, it keeps me young. Yeah. Do you have any friends, possibly from high school, that you're still close with that don't listen to new music? Uh, mm. Pretty much everybody I know. Yeah. That's what I'm doesn't thinking. Doesn't really listen to new music. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, so how does this work for you? How do you program something like this? There's a lot of different elements that go into it. There's okay. obviously the internal Kennedy Center things. Um, pretty luckily. We're starting to diversify what we present there. So that means that what they would like to see on Millennium Stage also ends up diversifying, which is great. Um, and then I don't think that's a complaint of the Kennedy Center. I think the Kennedy Center is actually probably the most diverse, diversified programming of at least in the city. If not uh, the Eastern maybe Seaboard. Maybe now. Maybe now. It, okay. It's been wasn't? A, it's it wasn't? I mean, if you're, I mean, with Millennium Stage, yes. Yeah, okay. you do a great job. Oh, but you mean like the Kennedy, the, the, yeah. the, the, the what is, I guess those, they have, so they're members, right? It's a large entity. You become a member of the Kennedy Center in order to go to get first run tickets, yes? Yeah, that's true. So, but like those are shows for people that are 65 and older usually. Uh, see, this is what I'm saying. That's now, the king and now, I, the king and I. Yeah, comes. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, now we're getting better about that. We're okay. really aiming younger, even with like the comedy festival. The com- and, yes. Um, our hip hop programming. Which uh, Q-Tip is, is Q-Tip curator of, he's yes? He's the artistic director. He does have input on what is presented there. Yes. Okay. Okay. What does that mean? Well, <laughs> We also have a. So I was wondering, like, is he active or is it like he's like, hey, I think you guys should get, like, did he have Nas? Cause I just watched Nas at the Kennedy Center on PBS. I think that Nas predates. Nas Q-Tip. does predate it, and that is, it was way dope. That was my department. <laughs> that was you. Uh, that was us. Hey, I need to know you. Uh, that was <laughs> <laughs> I called Brandon. He was like, no, I cannot get that. you tickets. I was like, I'm not asking for tickets. I just want to hang out afterwards and do some interviews. He was like, no. Oh. I'm but, sorry. That's nothing no, personal. No, no, you just, uh, how do we say uh, ocean? Little Lake. Little Lake. Yes, Little Lake. <laughs> uh, the interesting thing about the, the Nas thing is they had Nas with the NSO. Yep. And then a year later, they had Kendrick. Mm-hmm. No, it was several years I thought it was like no, one year no, apart. No, no, it wasn't. Okay. 2014 is when we oh, did I the One okay. Mike Festival with Nas. Oh, okay. it seems like it was... Okay, but either way, he had two years. Recent. Was it 2017 yeah. or 2016? It was Kendrick. a couple of years. It was two years. It was 20, Kendrick was 2016, not, right? Yeah, 16. Okay, so that's only two years later. Well, yeah. not. Yeah. Okay, th- here's my point. And yeah, we're Common, getting better. This hold on, Common point. in there somewhere? Common was there last uh, spring, yeah, and we did a bunch of different things with him. We had the concert. and Common was the point. Common was my point. Here, let me make my okay. point really quick. <laughs> Nas this had is to wait, his show. Nas, you had to wait 20 <laughs> years for the anniversary show to get Nas uh, with okay. it. Kendrick, okay. it was that year. They're like, this oh, record is so yeah, good. So we so. have to have the orchestra now. I was pushing now. that so hard. Thank you for doing that. Show, that album came out. Yes. But they also uh, had Hip Hop Week at the Kennedy Center, if I'm not mistaken. It was that one mic yeah. was the 2014. That's when Nas was there. Mm-hmm. And it was a two-week festival. And Rhapsody was there. 
Uh, they had not like as part of that, night. but yeah. yeah. Rhapsody was there not so long ago. Yeah. Well, you're we're getting, this is my point. We're getting better. We weren't <laughs> like this before, and now we're ushering You're in also the person stuff. that brought Big Frida to the Millennium oh, stage. That was, well, that was in the concert hall, and that was. Amazing. I apologize. Yeah. Oh, God. Damn, With stop preservation. Me. <laughs> well, that's why I'm here, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing correction shows. So you brought Big Frida to the Kennedy Center. With Preservation Hall Jazz Band and The Givers and. Quintron and Miss Pussycat. The point of that show was to showcase that New Orleans is more than just jazz and that there's all this amazing stuff happening down there. Um, and yeah, Big Frida bounced on Preservation Hall's drum, bass drum. You know, it has the old timey like Preservation Hall jazz band on it. And she, yeah, she, she, she rocked it. What is your favorite Kennedy Center Millennium stage oh. show that you've booked in the last calendar year? In the last calendar year? Yes. Jeez. Well, uh, so upcoming, where we have this new showcase of contemporary culture called Direct Current. Okay. And there's a two-week run of festival of shows that I'm pretty psyched about. And it starts with Flor de Toloache, which is like an all-female uh, mariachi band, which okay. is not traditional for the art form. But um, like Dan Auerbach produced their last album and stuff like that. Really? They're, they're yeah. The Black huh? Keys, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm confused. I'm sorry. Go yes. ahead. Did I tell about the research for this time? What's that? I told him I did research this time. I'm not just oh, spitting yeah. out. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not just spitting out ill facts. No, I know that's not it. I apologize. Yeah. Right. The automator. <laughs> and then leading up to like Shabazz Palaces is one of our Oh nice. Yeah. Um, so those two weeks of fest of shows that I'm really psyched about. And we were just talking about it earlier with what's his name? Jack. Scotty, the, the engineer. The guy yes. running a board. <laughs> Jack. Oh, Jack. Yeah, that's Jack. me. Yep. Uh, about a couple of uh, I'm here. You can chime in now, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> about Jamal Gray. Gary Delabate. Oh, that's awesome. Gary Delabate. Yes. Yeah. The Uptown Arts crew. That's great. Yeah. Uh, it seems like you're not per, uh, booking enough straight white men. Why do you hate straight white <laughs> men? <laughs> that's something that people are noticing. <laughs> <laughs> That is something I... I it's not, oh, wait, are you, I was being a sarcastic. I'm not... <laughs> oh, shit. This is a real thing? It's, it's not, like, necessarily a real thing, but it's not... I mean, there's plenty of, like, white You've men that are crisis. showcased at the Kennedy Center, and so I really do strive to, like, make sure it's as many, like, not people... Not that? Go, yeah, everything else. Like, the girls mean the and whatever. The I, say th- I say this often, actually, when people are asking about the programming that I, that I do really think about that really yeah, hard. As you should. Yeah, I know. Everybody should. And I wish more programmers did, but they don't. I mean, this is, no, everyone should be thinking about it, but I, it is like center to what I'm doing yeah. every day. Uh, do you, you find joy from this, yes? Yes. Uh, where do you get that joy? What, what makes you happy about it? Because it seems to be a lot of things, but is there one yeah. thing that makes you get up in the morning and go, I'm happy to go to work today? Well, I love that I'm able to give a platform to these artists that um, at the Kennedy Center, which is the nation's performing arts center, yes. um, in a way that they wouldn't necessarily, um, and you know, showcased in this way, like that really means something. It's not just another show, mm-hmm. and I love like presenting audiences mm-hmm. to that. Um, we just, you know, when Facebook Live started, we've expanded mm-hmm. our reach like so many thousands a day mm-hmm. with that, and like I love seeing people like we have this guy who like watches every day from like. Norway at midnight and he like chimes and he's like here's my midnight snack you know like you know <laughs> and it's, nice. it's just very really cool, cool that, you know? very cool yeah and that's 365 the millennium 365, stage yes? yeah so that's every day yeah. Christmas and New Year's yep wow. Christmas is the bells 
You guys do the we, bell? Yeah, Par- we do there's like a Christmas stuff. themed one. Well, on there's Christmas. the tubas. Oh, Mary the tubas. That's what I'm thinking. That's of. Okay. a very popular okay. one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you do when you receive feedback of people that maybe are a little controversial? Uh, uh, yeah. So I also try to make sure I'm presenting from a ton of different communities just to make sure that their voice is heard. And I say, like, as long as you're talking about like your life, your experience, your communities, then you're good to go. Like, where we get into trouble is if you're like, out and out, you know, dropping curse words about the administration and stuff like that. Well, there is comedy book to the Kennedy Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. Yeah, I've been there and said a few things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I, yeah, we want you to. Wacka, wacka, I'll be back. Does that. We haven't said that. Uh, wacka, wacka, Wakanda. That's right. Uh, <laughs> have you gotten any flack from the comedy shows? No. Yeah. I mean, well, so we. Earlier when we weren't very good about making sure we were tagging it like 18 and over or like oh, adults yes, only, yes, yes, like, yeah. you know, language warnings Mature and stuff audiences. like that. There were a couple times where we missed that and then kids ended up in the audience and then we got into trouble. But uh-huh. um, we also tend to put those shows in a closed house so uh-huh. that um, like tourists or old ladies that are walking through to look at the JFK head, <laughs> you know, don't like hear something they don't want to or yeah. whatever. Uh, uh, what do you think of John F. Kennedy as a human being? Um... <laughs> I am glad that he was awesome, except for that he was a womanizer and all the other things. Hey, he appreciated art. <laughs> nope, don't do but that. But his wife appreciated the arts. Appreciated and art. I also try to bring that up as often as possible, too. Like, it really, like, it is JFK's living memorial, but really, it's there really because of Jackie. How does the funding work for the Kennedy Center? And, uh, I it know is. that Target sponsors the Millennium Stage. Yep, Target, okay. Marriott, and then we've got a couple new ones that just came So in. it's all private? Or is it private public? Yeah, it's all privately raised. So, so you're like the one of the few places in the town where, like, if the administration decided to slash a budget, it doesn't affect you. Uh, so the it because it is a monument, like a memorial. Okay. Um, they do cover like groundskeeping and security That's and stuff thought. like you that. Get, like, uh, yeah. You do get something, but you don't get endowment, but the facilities. Yeah, and then the education department right. is fully funded by the Department of right. Education, and yeah, we have to be really careful about. That so kind you're of stuff. quasi like uh, like the National Gallery exactly. of Art. Or you're something exactly. Like that. Yeah. Very good. So I'm wondering if, if a thing like uh, you have a skateboard festival. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the skateboard festival, why. isn't that a mixture of education and like just fun stuff? Yeah. So that festival was to showcase not just the creativity within skateboarding itself, but also all of the artists that like culminate around the yes. skateboarders. So the musicians, the painters, like the jewelry makers, yes. all of that stuff. Yeah. The culture. Yeah. That's that's so important like we are always trying to make sure that it's like the community as a whole and not taking any little piece out of it um to try and represent it authentically really okay. is the that's what i see as a, as a as an attendee as a person who goes myself like i'm taking my children we get to appreciate the jazz culture but yeah. then you guys have opened up like this the hip-hop culture uh the culture of skateboarding i went to that event uh and then there was more uh different things that you guys have that is like oh okay cool we get to explore the essence of these things and what yeah. makes these things these things. Has there ever been talk of been. a noontime or something like it so you could do like field trip programming for the kids? They used to before I got there okay. do a noon concert at the Library of Con- Congress and then also the six o'clock. And then we've been, I've been pushing forever because six o'clock is not a great time even for me to leave it's my desk tough. to yeah, get it's down. It's really tough. Yeah. Um, thank goodness for the live streams in the archive. Yeah. But like, yeah, I'd love to have like Millennium Stage at nine or Millennium Stage at 11, like on the weekends for yeah, kids and family great. shows and stuff like that. 
that do one you have day. To ask the board about stuff like that. Like it, there's well, a board. It's about right? money. Yeah, there's a bunch of boards. Like yeah. tons of them. There's like the president's okay. board. So why? If, uh, we know it's about money. We got that. But like the difference between paying somebody at six p.m. and paying somebody at noon should be a difference. You know, we do Millennium Stage for just one million dollars for the whole year. Okay. Comparatively to like the orchestra or opera, which right. are like over twenty million. Right. You know, like tons right. and so much money. Um, so we do it pretty as like we want to acknowledge and pay professionally, but it's still pretty modest fees. Like, you know that, I, I know mean, that. um, but and I've been time, asking for more money. You know, we also have this expansion that's coming online. I see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's the like, when that happens, I think we'll have a lot of opportunity to do things during the day and at different is times. Is that Mr. Rubenstein has been on the Mr. board? Mr. Rubenstein, man, that guy's everywhere. The pandas, yeah, all right. over the Kennedy Center, the Washington Monument. Is, right? I watched the show that he does. Uh, uh, it's called Peer to Peer. Something similar to this, only they're billionaires. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I'm like, it was yeah. him talking to Oprah, and then that next it was him talking to Clinton. I was like, really? <laughs> yeah, yes. they know about... And Same not, thing. And, and we, I'm always saying this to say because uh, he's on the board at the gallery, and uh, full disclosure, I actually mm-hmm. worked there. So I say that to say, like, these are the people who help uh, celebrate culture, but at the end of the day, these are still some old white men who are like, <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to ask, appreciate. I, you, know. you dig what I'm saying? I completely agree. <laughs> I completely agree. I do. You seem to like your job, and you don't seem to want to leave your job. It is a job at the... <laughs> Maybe am I wrong? I no, think you don't not, want to talk about this. No, but. no. I, I mean, you know, when I first started, I'd be like, oh, you know, two more years. Yeah, two more <laughs> years. <laughs> Fourteen years later, and right now, my boss is leaving after twenty-one years. So that's so the whole that's transition we're going on. Exactly. I don't know what's going to happen. Do you want that? Oh, here we go. Do you here want that go. job? Are you a GS? Uh, what? Are you a GS? Are you, are you a government employee or not? I'm an instrumentality of the government. My badge is an instrumentality of the government. I have um, no. What does that mean? Uh, it's affiliated with the government, but it's not like Smithsonian where... Hold on. But if... So a shutdown does not affect you going into work or uh, it does? It, we, it does not affect me okay. going into work, but it does affect our housekeeping. So yes. like we have to be careful with trash and stuff like that. Okay. So if there's like, a shutdown for 10 days, you're doing shows every 10 days, but you're being like, hey, please don't throw stuff out here. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> just like a super skeleton crew. Okay. Like they'll come and clean it up in the public areas, but like... They gave us extra trash cans when we were about to go into it okay. last time. So, at the, but at the Smithsonian, they're just closed. They're shut. Right. Okay, mm-hmm. so right. that's the difference between right. your badges, I guess. Right. Yeah. One is quasi, yeah. which is part, like you get partial funds. The facilities can stay open and work mm-hmm. as long as, uh, but they're not paying any bills. Yeah, the tours <laughs> also like they open for showtime, and the tours don't happen. Mm. Oh, oh, oh right, 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 okay, okay, right, okay. Right. So these are the things that make it. Uh, what's the word? Well, like you said, that's the education portion of it, right? Yeah, where it's a living memorial, it's a living monument yeah. to not just art and culture, yep. but with Kennedy's name on it. Okay. Yep, exactly. I'm learning. So is it uniquely, uh, I, I, I have to ask this question, because I know you guys have plays and things from other places. Excuse me one second. Is it no, uniquely please. American culture that is showcased there? Or is it cultures from, uh, stuff from all over? Yeah, we're about to have a big Cuba festival in May. Uh, we do do international festivals every other year. Um, and again, we have a new president, and so... A lot of this stuff was pretty much in place when we, the old president was there. And so I don't know what that's going to look like going forward. Have you gotten any flack from presenting countries that maybe aren't in favor with certain politicians? You mean Cuba? Yeah, like yeah. Cuba. Yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> I'm trying to be like not in trouble here. Hey, no, I, I, I'm, I try to be as open about it, okay. as transparent well, as possible. Whatever the Fast and the Furious also, uh, so we're kind of cool with them. <laughs> yeah, well. The fate yeah. of the Furious. It's really tricky. Um, apparently, the government's going to be at every single event making sure that oh, artists the United aren't States speaking government? out. Right. Or the Cuban, Cuban government. government. Okay. Um, wow. I don't, yeah. 
Yeah. And you have that, huh? It's Censorship be, and so, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah it's going to be tricky. I am curious. There's at least one artist that I know that her music definitely like speaks out against the Cuban government. So I don't know how they're going to mm-hmm. get around that, but we'll see. Do you ever worry about your safety? Uh, we have drills all the time now. Really? Like, yeah. So because Since when? Uh, it's an open-air place. You have to. Yeah. <laughs> it's a soft target. And um, so, yeah, we've been getting trainings and Are stuff there drills like that. at the NGA? Yeah, it's open every day. Yeah. So we have to. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, if you think about it, well. No, it's it's scary <laughs> and sad, but, like, yeah. I mean, the truth, like, our security team they like to approach they're like it's not a, a matter of if it's like when because it's such like an you know yeah. you have people there like like you just said a student too mm-hmm. sometimes a right? ton of people Boom. tons oh like I, I when i went uh, just before the last time we went was universe soul circus oh yeah that was huge okay i mean it was huge it was just like the, the artists are right there everything is right there so if you want to create chaos which is what this is that we're talking sure, about sure. then you go okay that's the kind of thing you target okay so that's what we've been taught by the mm. Power, well, the, the law enforcement to be like, uh-huh. okay, be aware that these are the places that most likely may get, especially here in this city. Where you know where's not on that list? Yeah. The Line Hotel in Adams Morgan. Well, not yet, baby. Beautiful Washington, <laughs> D.C. But the zoo is. All right, come on here. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? We live in that world, man. Yeah, whatever. We, we don't have to, world. though. Well, we don't have to think I'm not about worried it. about it at all. I'm good. I'm a straight white man. Nothing bad has ever happened to us in America. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to ask you a question from... What? It's true. I'm going to ask you a question from the Kids Book of Questions by Gregory Stock, PhD. Danny, I need you to pick a number between 25 and 264. 107. Perfect. Why 107? Uh, I, you tore it out. Yeah. So I don't repeat the questions. And then if once I hit all of them, I, give them, uh, I buy a new book. This is nice. my second or third book. <laughs> this is fun. Have you ever farted and blamed it someone else for it? Definitely. Cool. All right. That was a good question. It was a good answer. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to now close this very short chat with a reading from a book, The World According to Mr. Rogers, Important Things to Remember by Fred Rogers. Diana, I'm going to need you to pick a number between 16 and 160. 159. 159. Why 159? It's not 160. Beautiful. 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 (laughs) Love it. I love it. You did such a good job. You knew what you were talking about. I I can see why he selected you to be like with my thing. Plus, I like to meet you because I (laughs) 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 I would ask, who's that person I need to talk to? Yeah. If you could only sense how important you are to the lives of those you meet, how important you can be to the people you may never even dream of. There is something of yourself that you leave at every meeting with another person. Oh, see, that's a good one for what I do. This is a beautiful meeting. (laughs) You're a beautiful person facilitating beautiful meetings between other beautiful people. You're beautiful. I'm referencing the song, The Beautiful People by Marilyn Manson. (laughs) Dan, I I like you very much. I know that you were very hesitant to do this show, so I appreciate your time. (laughs) You were. You were very, you thought I'd be a lot. (laughs) That was a Haywood Turnipsey Jr. singing The Beautiful People. I could teach anyone how to play that on guitar. It's one of the simplest songs how to play. I like uh, the Mr. Rogers remix that we did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for, for being willing to chat with me on a microphone. My pleasure. I hope it wasn't painful. It was a blast. Uh, for those listening at home, uh, she got in a car accident yesterday, so everyone should buy her drinks th- the oh. next time you see her because her car got wrecked. You can find her on Instagram. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and in the meantime, listen to some lullabies by Jessica Whisker.
Hey, we're back. Hey, Wood, we're back. We're back. Hey, Wood, how are you as a human being right now? Well. One to ten. Uh, ten is the best. 6.5. That's a good one. I was sick earlier this week. You have a show tonight, don't you? Yeah. Where's your show? Uh, Sun Cinemas. I'm doing Fail University. And what is the premise of this month's edition of Fail University? Uh, this is uh, Black History Month, so themes from black professors, and mm-hmm. I will be talking about the proper way to wear Jordans. Oh! <laughs> do you, I almost wore Jordans today, but I didn't because I thought you might. I did. Exactly. So it's I, a part, I, of my, part of my stuff. I just wore plain pieces. black sneakers so I wouldn't conflict with your Jordans. You can get away with that. And you have a nice Roger sweater. Thank you so much. I like I the Obama pin. That. Thank you. You were the first person. Okay, we are currently six and a half hours in. First person to mention the Obama for Senate pin, 2004. He could go back. Yeah, he could. He can go back. I don't think he should. <laughs> I think that's a waste of his time. Why? Affect policy. Uh, that's not the best way to do it. Affect change, man. You know who's affecting change is our guest Put it this way. Instantly, he will be. Yay. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, man? Sean Joyce, how are you? I'm pretty good. Sean, Joyce, before we be really begin, I just want to make this point perfectly clear. I like you a lot as a human being, and what I think you do is helpful for the art scene in Washington, D.C. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Okay, now I can say all the mean things that I've been thinking. Yeah, say it. Tell me. You don't seem to be that happy with life right now. Well, I'm not that happy with okay. life right now. Okay, what's going on? Let's get into it. Well, I just have too many things going on at once. There we go. It seems like that's been the case for years at this point. Yeah, it has been the case for years, and it's, uh, it's taking its toll on me. Okay. But... Um, I feel like uh, it will pass in the next month, and uh, then I will I'll be okay. What will change between now and March 24th? A festival is going to be over. Okay, you're going to run a festival in yes, that time. What is the right. name of that festival? Underground Comedy Fest is the name of the festival. <laughs> what is the premise of Underground Comedy Festival? Uh, what's the premise? I don't know what the premise of the festival is. I would say it's a... Uh, if you live in Washington, D.C., is a great chance to check out local comedy and some up-and-coming comics from around the country. And when we're saying comedy, we're specifically talking about stand-up comedy. Oh, yeah. I, I forget there's other types of comedy out there because yeah. I only deal with stand-up comedy. But, yeah, it will all be all stand-up comedy. And the reason why it's called Underground Comedy Festival is because you run an organization called Underground Comedy. Yeah, that's right. Um, it used to have a different name. Which it used to be called 202 Comedy Festival, but... Um, it was causing problems because uh, it was too all-encompassing mm-hmm. to call it 202 for the representing all of Washington, D.C. So I, I thought it would be better to just kind of call it what it actually is, which is it's an underground comedy festival. It's, our, you know, it's this group is doing the festival, so that's what... Well, it only makes perfect sense to call it what it is. So yeah, I, I think, think it's an appropriate name. I think so, too. That's the that's cool. theory I use. You are probably the most important stand-up comedy booker that isn't a major club in Washington, D.C. Yeah, I think you could even call me more important than the clubs. I'm, honestly, I agree with you completely. <laughs> yeah, just in terms of local, you know. I mean, you could be in with a club and get three One, spots a month. Yeah. I mean, there's just not enough spots to, if you're a local comic to be getting up all the time. I think it's important to go over how many things you do. Okay. Okay. You do comedy. We've established that. Mm-hmm. How many shows do you run? Right now, I'm running um, 14 shows per week on average. Just to be clear, there are seven days in a week. Yeah. Last year, Underground Comedy produced 622 shows. That's a shitload, man. It's only yeah, yeah. five days in a year. So you produced <laughs> almost double the amount of days that are in a year. Yeah, that's right. Here's my question. Why? Well... I have a problem. I have a personal problem. I have a flaw in my personality. That Which is, is what? 
Uh, it's just the way that I think about things um, has led me down this path of uh, just more and more shows. And um, I just came in with the mentality of I was a comedian, right? Uh -huh. So I started a free show. Mm -hmm. We had a free show on Wednesday nights at at the Big Hunt. And it just so happened when I, as I was starting that show, I was talking to various venues to try to find a place. And uh, two venues were interested. So I started two shows at the same time. And uh, since I had two shows, they were both in basements. I called Underground Comedy. And the show at Big Hunt was very popular. So we started a second mm -hmm. night. Um, and then I had three shows. And I kind of just realized that, you know, if the more shows, the better, right? If mm -hmm. you're a stand-up comedian, you want to get right. on stage, you want to be on stage as much as you can. I mean, you wrote a hit record. You got a hit record. Yeah. I mean, what's wrong with that? <laughs> People started listening, and then I remember when that happened. It was like, okay, people started going to the Big Hunt and talking mm -hmm. about the Big Hunt being an entity, and then it was like, next thing you know, boom, boom, boom. They're doing shows Wednesday, mm -hmm. Thursday, Friday, which you turned into professional shows, pro shows. Yeah. Also, before the open mics, because this was just open mics. That's right. To begin, like, late, well, Wednesday was 8 o'clock, mm -hmm. and uh, Friday and Saturday was, was it 10.30 initially? No, it was 8 o'clock. We had a Wednesday, 8, and Saturday, or Friday, 8, and then um, it just... Uh, then we added a Monday show. Then we added a Saturday, 8 o'clock. Right. You're, we you're, you're every day of the week now, right? Right now, we don't, there's no shows on Mondays. Okay, okay. So. Take a day off, bro. Yeah. Take we, uh, <laughs> yeah, we used to have a Monday. We moved the Monday show to Thursday at Big Hunt. And um, mm -hmm. so anyway, it's, it's Tuesday through Sunday. And uh, we're up to eight shows a week at Big Hunt. Four of those shows have now are no longer free comedy shows. Those are professional right. comedy shows that cost $20. And uh, they either have the best DC comics or they have uh, national touring headliners. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful progression that you go from free to getting paid because that's ideally what you want to do as an entertainer. It's great for the comedians also because mm -hmm. it went from working for free yeah. to getting paid for the comics as right. well. Um, I can co-sign that, yes. <laughs> and it's cool to work with people you dig and see people you dig doing that work and be able to actually learn how to... What, what I see you providing also is a way to learn for some comedians to learn how to interact with the business aspect of it. Yeah. You know, okay, this is what you should not be doing if you're going to be approaching uh, clubs or into other entities. This is what you should be doing. Yeah. yeah I, I, I know you don't have to go in that deep in, in that way, but you do... I often go, hey, this is what I see, and this is what I think, and I appreciate that. How about we don't talk about what he what he should give advice to comics that shouldn't approach clubs? Who, how should people not approach you? Hey. <laughs> well, I think at this point, people shouldn't approach me. <laughs> In general? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop. That's it. Period. There's no qualifiers. Really. You got a door melange? Yeah, I think you should talk to some other people before you talk to me, probably. Uh, you know, it depends on who you are. It depends on, are you, have you never done stand-up before? Mm -hmm. Have you never performed stand-up comedy before? Um, we st you still put on people who've never done it before. Yeah. Yeah, at, on certain shows. Not at Big Hunt. We don't ever... Okay. You're Big not going to do that for a paid show. No, 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 no. No, no. But even, no. even for free shows at Big <laughs> Hunt, we won't put on someone that's never performed before. You, you probably got to be two or three years into stand-up mm -hmm. to, to be on mm -hmm. those shows at all. But I would say... Yeah, I, w I, w I guess I would say to what Haywood was saying is I think that there was a gap in between when you start doing stand-up mm -hmm. at free shows mm -hmm. and 
you get into it, you've been doing it for years, you're performing all the time. But how do you become a person who's on TV? Mm. If you're in Washington, D.C., yeah. and then you see these guys there on Conan, yeah. Yeah. well, how do these guys get to Conan? Yes. How do yes. you get from, I'm popular in D.C. and I'm performing well in D.C., to how do I get on Conan? Yeah. You know, and, uh, and I think having these, these small shows at Big Hunt relative to maybe DC Improv, which is a big club that mm-hmm. has, you know, significantly bigger uh, acts at, the, at it, you can kind of see if that per- those people are closer to mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. They're not that far removed from what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then you can, and then having the festival also, mm-hmm. bringing in a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Some of those people are living in New York or Los Angeles. They haven't been on TV yet, mm-hmm. but they've made the move and they're trying to get there. So then that's an, it's another bridge mm-hmm. to, to the next level that you're trying to get to. So I think, you know, everybody just has to, you, you just have to learn. You got to learn the process of uh, how to get, get to the next step and, and what you need to do. And it, it takes time and mm-hmm. you, you got to meet a lot of people and hear a lot of people's ideas about mm. what's going to get you there. Yeah. Who's somebody that uh, started like kind of with you that now you really enjoy seeing and they're doing well. I think, uh, well, I, I think maybe an ob- like, like kind of an obvious example is like Stavros Halkius mm-hmm. um, and Adam Friedland. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're a good mm-hmm. friend. Um, <laughs> to be fair, I've never listened to Come Town. Yeah, I don't listen to it either. <laughs> okay. It's huge. Um, yeah. But, but the, you know, those guys are, are very funny people. Yes. Yeah. You know, you would see them. And, and Nick Mullen also was, yeah. a, was yeah. a DC comic. So all three of them were, were comedians in DC. And... Uh, very funny guys you know you when you see them on stage you know they're funny immediately but you know how do you go from being funny on stage mm-hmm. for free mm-hmm. to having a career and those guys started a podcast that became very popular and now they're making full professional living mm-hmm. off of that podcast uh they're living in new york they're possibly going to be able to tour around uh sell tickets with the podcast so that's uh, impressive is there anyone that's still in washington dc yeah, there's lots of people that are still in Washington, D.C. that are amazing. I, I think Jason Weems, mm-hmm. Kaysan, Haywood. Aww. You know, the, there's lots of great comics. You know, Tim Miller. There, there's, yeah. ton, there's tons of people that, that are still around. Andy and Randolph are great comics. They're, they're, they're still here. And some of them are still possibly going to move on. And then some of them, they're probably not going to become professional comedians. And I don't think they're really trying to become professional comedians. They're just... They're ha- happy being a local headliner. Do you want to be a professional comedian? I don't know. Not necessarily. Okay. Because when you started this, you were trying to be... Or not, maybe not, I shouldn't say trying to be. You were you doing were, it. You were definitely more interested in stand-up than producing when you started. Because you, if you weren't, you would have been just producing. Yeah. I mean, well, I didn't have any interest in producing mm-hmm. at all when I started. I, wasn't, I didn't start the mic at Big Hunt because I wanted to produce shows. Mm-hmm. I started it because I hated the mic that I had to go to on Wednesdays. What was the mic you went to? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, it was called Touchdown. Oh. Um, it was a place I remember on U Street. Yeah. yeah. It was a Rowdy. terrible bar, <laughs> an awful bar, and, you know, very young comics were running it. They, they didn't know what they were doing. Okay. And uh, I was more experienced than them, and so kind of... You know, this happens a lot still with me. There's comics who are more experienced than me that don't like the way I'm running things. Um, but I was more experienced. I didn't like the way they were running it. I didn't like having to go there. Um, there was a great show on Wednesdays prior to that that Adrian Rodney ran. Mm-hmm. And 
when that show ended, I had to start going to touchdown and I was mm-hmm. so miserable at touchdown that I started big hunt just so I didn't have to go there anymore. Mm-hmm. All I wanted was to not go to touchdown. Sure. I wanted to do stand up on Wednesday and not be there. That was the whole purpose. I started it. Uh, as those shows became successful, I realized, well, maybe I can do this and not have to work in an office during mm-hmm. the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then that was my goal. Okay. Can I, can I make enough money from this to not work in an office? So then I did that. When was the last time you worked in an office? What year? I don't remember really. I think it was two or three years ago. Okay. Yeah. Are you happy that you're no longer in an office? Yeah, I loved. What did you do? I worked at the World Bank, um, and uh, before that, I was a consultant mm-hmm. for the government. Um, there were fine jobs, and sure. Uh, I mean, like it was jobs. just the. Uh, there were good jobs, like you know, income-wise. But not fulfilling. No, no, not fulfilling at all. I was never able to get a job that I thought was interesting in well, an office setting. Well, let me ask you this now. This miserable <laughs> feeling that, we, that you have at times, and I know what it is now because, you know, you're going to do the festival. Yeah. Is this, is this more fulfilling than those office works? Is it, yeah, there, you couldn't compare the two. Yeah, it's, yeah. There was That's no, that weird part you're talking about? <laughs> there was no fulfillment in yeah. the office jobs. I felt no fulfillment. I felt no satisfaction from yeah. those jobs, and I feel a lot of satisfaction from this job um, but it's harder. Mm. It's a much harder job. Mm-hmm. Can we uh, talk about your tax situation or no? Sure, yeah, if you <laughs> okay. want to. Do you have an accountant? I do not have an accountant. You run 14 different shows at seven different venues? Mm, maybe f- six, five. Are there, are you, is it all 1099s? Yeah, they're all 1099s. So you're paying for your own insurance and you're yeah. getting 1099s yes. and you're dealing in the cash economy for the most part. Yeah. You're just like a target for the IRS. Are you worried about this? Or you're just making no. so little compared to like actual targets that you're not really. Well, worried. I mean, I'm paying taxes. I understand that, but it's also the kind of thing where like I, I talk to a lot of professional wrestlers, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. And their lives are even way more complicated than yours because like you know, they're all independent contractors. Well, I mean, I studied economics and public policy, exactly. so like I understand taxes and that stuff. Not to say that I'm perfect at. It. I'm not an accountant. Mm-hmm. Um, I am. I do plan to get an accountant this year. I've been trying to become more professional each year. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, because like mm-hmm. first year, you know, I'm just winging it. It's whatever. Sure. One of the things I'd like to point out that if you're you're not familiar with Sean or you're not familiar with other comedy, it's not like he's just booking DC comics. He's booking a lot of comics from around the country, yeah. which is very difficult. And uh, for most of these people, it's like you were playing the Improv or the Arlington Draft House or nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then a few years ago, Draft House Comedy opened, which is in downtown DC, mm-hmm. and uh, that's still it's every weekend. Yeah. Um, but that's really it. I book every other weekend you do, you, there. Yeah, you do I didn't know that. See, now, there right? we go. So like, like Sean is like I book. Real. Yeah. So this weekend, that's somebody watching it. This cat level. Uh, so nicely. you are. You probably. I'm trying to think if there's a there's a comparison to music, but there really isn't because you you found the venues to operate like a real producer, and you're probably the only one that's doing it like a real producer. Yeah. Everyone's just doing it at the hobby or local level. Besides you. Yeah. Okay. That also kind of makes you an annoying target to a lot of people. Sure. Okay. How has this hurt your comedy, your personal comedy, or do you just don't even care? Well, it's hurt my comedy only in the sense that it's taken up all of my time mm-hmm. and energy. Um, so I don't really, when I sit and think about things, I'm not thinking of jokes. I'm thinking of how can I fix the problems at my shows, um, or how can I reorganize things so they run more smoothly. Mm-hmm. That's why I spend all my time thinking about and. I don't spend any time thinking about jokes or what would be funny. And so in that sense, uh, you know, it, it has ruined my comedy. Do you actually like comedy at this point? 
<laughs> well, yeah, some days I do, some days I, yeah, no, I, I do get sick of it and I do hate it a lot. Um, but, but then there are moments where I, you know, I do enjoy it. And Who's it's the fun. most consistent laugh? that you get in Washington, D.C.? Who is the person that delivers that? The comedian you? who is the most consistent on stage? Not on stage, but for you. That brings you the who most Who makes me joy. laugh yes. the most. You yes. Oh, that's a good question. In Washington, D.C.? In Washington, D.C. Hmm. I don't know the answer to that. Okay. Name one comic in Washington, D.C. <laughs> uh-huh. that might not sell well. They might not be the most professional, but you really love what they do. Like, you see something in them. You're like, oh, in a few years, this person's going to be huge, or uh, well, this person's really getting it together. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll just use Madi Litwack as uh, as an example. I think Madi's really funny and does really unique things. Um, he's does a lot of unusual things on stage, and uh, you know, it could be frustrating to watch at times <laughs> because you just want him because you know he can be funny, and you just want him to be funny and. And if for whatever reason he's he's choosing to to do other things, he's working on different things, and it, it's frustrating to watch. But I, I think he's someone that has the potential to be, you know, as much potential as anybody. Um, so, a star? yeah, I, I mean, a, I know he could be a star. He's a star. Lots actually. of people are. You know, you look at a lot of stars; they're not that funny. Yeah. So we talk about that all the time. Like you get tapes that are like, whoa. To say, to say somebody's going to be a star, you don't have to be that funny to be a star. You know, you just have to be... Who's... I don't want to go the least deserving, but who's somebody that's... Um, <laughs> no, let's go positive. Let's stay positive. Yes, please. Who's, an inter, who's, some, who's a touring comic that has performed uh, at, say, The Big Hunt that you've just been thrilled by, and at this point, they've established themselves at the next level, and they're playing the improv because they pay a little bit more than you? Yeah. Well, it's not just more. I mean, it's, it's six times as many tickets. So six times more than you. Yeah, so the, it's, uh, I mean, it's just a way, way bigger venue. I mean, Michelle Wolf is in town this weekend. Mm-hmm. And last uh, January, she headlined Big Hunt for a weekend, which was amazing to have her because she was already in 300 person, mm-hmm. 300 seat venues. Big Hunt is 400 or is uh, 80. And um, so I was really surprised that she wanted to come do it. And it was an amazing experience to have her there and, and get to watch her over four shows she's she's an incredible comic um and you know now she's at the improv next year she'll probably be oh, in yeah. theaters she uh, shouldn't even be at the improv this weekend uh, it's the only time i've seen the dc improv put up a warning about buying bootleg tickets yeah. on the site that's I've funny i've never yeah, seen that before that, yeah. they should she should be in a theater <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean i, I think she will be book, next year yeah. She's a club comic. I mean, she's a comedy seller regular. I mean, she oh, likes okay. being in clubs. For the for the novice, what is a club comic? What does that mean? Well, when I say just when I say that she's a club comic, I just mean she's a comic that is spends most of her time performing in comedy clubs. Um, I think you know there used to be a distinction between alternative comedy and club comedy, and I think that's going away. I think that there's still the kind of remnants of that where you'll still see people that are doing very strange things mm-hmm. on stage and they're very conceptual that mm-hmm. would fit into that alternative mold and there are still people that are really clubby mm-hmm. that are doing you know just kind of uh using club techniques to get laughs sure sure and uh i think those are st- those still exist but then in the middle there's all these people that you know they could be anywhere you know they can be in it they, they can cross over to, to any different type of room and I think that's getting more common I think that comedy is kind of blending together and people are learning to appreciate 
all the different types of, of stand-up comedy. Do you ever watch stand-up at home? I, I watch um, I watch specials. So you will? Yeah, because just for the sake of, uh, you know, I watch, you know, Chappelle's specials and I, I watch Chris Rock's new special mm-hmm. just because I want to see sure. what the best people mm-hmm. are doing. I still need to know what they're doing, even are though... Are you still a fan? I'm still a fan, yeah. I, I really liked Chris Rock's special yeah. in particular. Yeah. Um, I does mean like a fan of comedy because you can get burnt out. And I then, am you know, burnt out. We yeah. have times where you go like, oh, I don't want to be around it for a minute. Like, I'm still watching dramas. But... I do find that I'm still a fan of st- like stand-up comedy in general. I was one of those kids that would watch uh, New Year's Eve, watch all the comedy that would come on and stuff like that. So, are you a fan like that? I, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's... Because you I, see a lot. Yeah, I mean, I have to watch... <laughs> you know, I watch tapes every day, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then you see it live. And I, mean, it's, and I see it live every to, day. You can get no. It does, yeah. No, I do get tired of it, um, for sure. You sound very tired. <laughs> I am very tired in this, but I'm also gonna get married in the summer so we're in the middle of planning the wedding on top of all this stuff so yeah where are you getting married congratulations look i think we're gonna get married at dar and they have a they have a small room off to the side and a little patio um that people have weddings in i think that's what we're looking at good luck thank you that Um, sounds like uh, exciting and possibly stressful yeah i mean luckily you know my girlfriend fiance is uh you know doing most of the work because I can't what a uh, <laughs> so she's doing most of the work so but it's still stressful that's still another thing that I have to do so yeah. it's uh, it's just a hard time right now but it, it'll be over soon I'm going to ask you a question from the kids book of questions by Gregory Stock PhD okay Sean I need you to pick a number between 25 and 264 350 I need you to pick a number between 25 and 364 264 264 225 thank you apologies 225, here we go. If you could stop going to school, would you? (laughs) What's the worst thing about school? What's the best? I think the worst thing about school is that it forces you to just learn tons and tons of stuff that has nothing to do with your life that you'll never use. It's not important at all. And they don't allow you to learn the things that you really care about. They don't teach you important things in life like personal finance, for example, um, but a lot of other things, too. I think it's just tons and tons of wasted time. It's uh, a positive message about schools. Sean, I need you to pick a number between 16 and 166. 29. 29. I want to make it very clear that Sean Joyce is actually a positive force in the universe, and he is a good man. If people listen to me and change school, I will be a huge positive <laughs> force in the universe. This is from The World According to Mr. Rogers. He's from Pittsburgh. That's right. Important things to remember by Fred Rogers. I remember after my grandfather's death, seeing dad in the hall with tears streaming down his face. I don't think I had ever seen him cry before. I'm glad I did see him. It helped me know that it was okay for men to cry. Many years later, when my father himself died, I cried. And way down deep, I knew he would have said it was all right. Sean. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah, Isn't that's that a nice. beautiful sentiment? I think it is a beautiful sentiment, yeah. People could uh, go to underground comedy shows where? They're at the Big Hunt, Wednesday through Saturday. You can go to undergroundcomedydc.com for information about all of the different shows. You have a big festival coming up when? festival is March 21st through 24th, and that will take place at venues across D.C. Who's some of the folks you got on there? We got Todd Berry headlining the festival hey, hey. At, at the Black Cat. Uh, we also have Dulce Sloan, 
and Lisa Traeger, Billy Wayne Davis, and uh, we'll have a bunch more out-of-town comics plus all of the regular comics at the Underground Comedy Shows will all be there um, doing different shows. You're doing good work. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being part of the show. Sean and I did the show a long time ago in Baltimore. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, I do. I do remember that. Adam was there, too. Adam was there, too. Thanks for driving. <laughs> uh, we're going to close this hour with Better Company. Uh, it's from The Basement Tracks 3. It's Deadbeats slash Jessica Risker's Better Company. Thanks for listening, and have a wonderful night.